We are all busy and have tons of things that we need to or can spend our time on. A lot of us have things like day jobs. It's not like we can just be songwriting all day, every day, and have no other care in the world. So because of that, it is necessarily true that it is somewhat important for us to address time, time wasters, being more efficient. I think we've talked several times in podcasts about efficiency. I'm personally an efficiency freak for sure. So if you're interested, we can always talk more about that side of things. But today we're kind of taking the opposite angle where we're going to be taking talking about time wasters for songwriters and some things that we can easily fall into that I think we as songwriters all need to avoid or at least avoid getting too deep into because some of these things are things that can be okay as long as you just don't do it too much. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and today we are talking about time wasters that we can have as songwriters. Before diving in, if you haven't already, be sure to pick up my free guide about the 10 different ways to start writing a song, five from a lyrical perspective and five from a musical perspective, especially if you are having trouble with your songs all starting to sound the same and the way you start your songs are always the same. So naturally, your results start to sound the same because you're starting from the same place, it makes sense that your destination ends up being remotely in the same place as well. So a great way to break out of that is to learn to start writing songs from different angles. That guide is all about that. Great way for you to break out of your creative box or a great way for you to start songwriting if you haven't written any songs before to give you an idea of different starting places. Without further ado, let's get into Time wasters. Number one, we're starting with this one for multiple reasons. One is that uh, this is the one, um, by nature of this tip, I felt I was morally obligated to put it at the beginning. Uh, And then also it is the least self-serving tip imaginable. So number one, time waster, learning without doing. And If you've been listening to the podcast in order, I believe I sort of wrapped up last week's episode talking about this, but we're going to start this week's episode talking about this. You need to be songwriting. So if you've listened to several podcasts straight, if you've been ripping through the Songwriter Theory YouTube channel and watching a bunch of videos and now you're just listening to this podcast, whatever your scenario, or maybe this is the first Songwriter Theory episode you've ever listened to. And you just listen to five other people's songwriting podcasts or something, which I don't know how many there are out there. But, you know, let's just say you've been Googling around songwriting. You've been learning and learning and learning, but you haven't actually done any songwriting yet. You tell yourself, I'm not ready. I have news for you. You are ready. You're ready. And you might say, Joseph, you don't know me at all. You don't even know. You don't know anything about me. You don't know how much experience I have. You don't know if I know how to play an instrument. You're right. I don't know any of those things. And yet I think you know enough to start. You do. I'm not saying your start's going to be great, right? If you know nothing about music and nothing about an instrument, yeah, it's probably going to be a pretty rough start. But you got to start sometime. Might as well be now. Because the best way to learn is to supplement your doing with learning. 
because you learn a lot from doing. And really, anybody like me out there, what we probably should be honest about, and what I try to be honest about, is we're really just an accelerant, right? In theory, when you listen to this podcast, the only purpose is that I have years of experience doing this stuff, and I can help you avoid pitfalls and do the at, at least the right or better things from the get-go so that you don't have to learn the long and hard way what I have, right? So in theory, how good of a songwriter I was 10 years into doing it, you can be that good of a songwriter two years into doing it because you're learning from my mistakes, you're learning things from me, from whatever other content creator you're listening to about songwriting. So it helps accelerate you. We cannot teach you the nitty gritties of how to songwrite in the sense of like, yes, you can hear our theories and our ways and we can give you practical tips. And we often do practical tips uh, on this podcast and on the YouTube channel. But at the end of the day, you can listen all you want, right? You, you could listen to hours of learning, learning how to write a novel. The best way to learn to write a novel, though, is to listen to those things and then go do it. So turn this episode off. I don't even care if you're new to songwriter theory. I appreciate you being here. Uh, but at the end of the day, my job is to help you be a better songwriter. And because of that, if that means you have to shut off this podcast, do it. If you're sitting in your house, you've been putting it off, you know enough. You know enough. You can do it. I know you can do it. It might be rough, uh, but once you get that first little breakthrough, man, it's going to be awesome. It's going to feel so good. Um, that first, that first, especially like if you haven't written any songs at all, um, if you're real, if you're a true noob, the amazing feeling of the first time you just write a simple hook, that's going to be a part of a song or a simple melody or your first lyric that you're like, that's pretty profound. That's pretty cool. Amazing feeling. And that's the best way to get yourself a, to start learning by doing and B to really get excited about doing and diving into it. Because again, this podcast, anybody else you listen to, we are supplementary. And I like to think we're great supplementary and we help a lot. Uh, well, I, I say we. Uh, some of us, I like to think, help a lot. Uh, certainly in any space, not all content is created equal. There are some content out there that's just kind of recycled garbage. But um, So I'm not saying literally every songwriting thing out there is great content and you should consume it. Uh, no, I would not say that, but there's a lot of us out there, right. That are really trying to help, trying to do good things at least. And, uh, but at the end of the day, we are supplementary We're supplementary advice is just advice. You have to actually apply advice for it to matter at all. So again, if you listen to several podcasts straight, if you haven't songwritten in a while, turn this off, come back to it later, go songwrite. I appreciate you listening though. <laughs> Number two, playing the part of your song that you've already written aimlessly, just enjoying it. So I got to be honest, this is one that maybe none of the rest of you do. This is purely aimed at me. And uh, a lot of times <laughs> things I say on this podcast are, are based off of a combination of things I've gone through that I've, I've been given reason to believe based on talking to other songwriters, knowing other songwriters, 
that it's like a common problem or a common thing that we do to achieve, you know, better results or whatever. Um, but in this case, this one is purely a me thing. And it may or may not apply to you. If it doesn't, that's okay. Good for you, actually. But oftentimes I, I find myself doing this. I'll, I'll just kind of enjoy the part of the song that I've written. I like play the chorus over and over again. I'm like, oh, I love this song. This is awesome. I'm so excited about writing this song. But ironically, I'm not actually writing the song when I'm doing that. I'm just like, I don't know, being a narcissist about my own song for a second. Like, not really, but like, and and look, there's nothing wrong with enjoying your song, right? It's like, you got to have a passion for this, right? Like, and, and when you put enough to last week's episode's point, when you do enough perspiration, uh, you, you need to be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor, right? So, so I, there's nothing on the surface wrong with playing the part of your song you've written. Uh, but what you need to do is do, it, again, what I talked about last week, which is from there, figure out, okay, where does the song need to go from here? Right? If you keep playing your chorus over and over again because you haven't written your bridge yet and you need to figure it out, so you, at the end of your chorus, you start to like improvise to try to figure out where does this bridge feel like it needs to go? Where does it feel like the song needs to go from here? Where does the song want to go? That is not a waste of time. That's actually, as I said last week, one of my favorite hacks to like, I'm stuck on a song, how do I keep going? Do that. Um but it's easy to even start doing that with all the good intentions and then end up just kind of getting lazy about it and just enjoying playing your song over and over again, which maybe you can write off as you are practicing performing of the song, but you haven't even finished the song yet, right? So like, do you really need to practice performing it yet? Probably not. So uh, don't do that or don't do it that often, right? Don't, don't, don't spend an hour just playing your songs. That's not really practicing. It's kind of like how I had a whole episode probably a while back now. I believe its title was exactly Playing is Not Practicing. Um, and it's sort of the same idea, right? In this case, playing is not writing. <laughs> um, so just playing a song is not practicing a song. And just playing a song is not continuing to write the song. They are all separate things. Do not conflate the two or the three, uh, as they are all different things that have different roles. Right? There's nothing wrong with playing a song, obviously. The dream eventually is for all of us to be able to play our songs in front of other people. Um, but put it in its place, right? Just playing the same song over and over again isn't necessarily practicing that song. And playing a song over and over again is not continuing to write the song. Number three. So number one, learning without doing. Number two, playing the part of your song you've written aimlessly and just kind of enjoying it, uh, not actually actively continuing to write it or try to continue to write it or improvise uh, to sort of discover where the song wants to go. Number three, trying to grab lyrics out of thin air. Do your homework before doing the lyrics. And no, I'm not talking to those of you who are in college, high school, or those of you who are even younger who still have schoolwork. I mean, develop the idea of the song just a little bit before you try to go from blank page all the way to writing lyrics. No one would write a biography for someone they know nothing about, right? If you don't know anything about even U.S. history... Like, then you have no business writing 
any president's biography, right? Like, don't do Abraham Lincoln's biography if you don't know anything about Civil War history. I mean, not to mention, obviously, I hope the requirements are much higher than that, right? Like, you have to be a very learned student on on the man of Abraham Lincoln, um, which these days I don't even know how, like, who deter... Uh, whatever. Not important. The, the main point here, right, is you need to know what you're talking about to do a biography. Now, am I saying you need to do two years of research? Like, for example, I've talked about um, the the EP that I'm, I'm currently working on wrapping up is kind of centered around the idea of Alzheimer's because I had several, uh, I had several grandparents within several, within like two, three years pass away from one was actual Alzheimer's, one was fast-moving dementia, which, you know, they both are kind of, they're not the same, but but their effects are fairly similar. The difference is one is slow and gradual, and in the case of my grandmother, uh, it, was, it was very, very fast. Uh, so she went from normal to she can't remember anybody, body falling apart very remarkably quickly, um, which is, um, so yeah, it's just an accelerated version. But anyway, because of that, I, you know... Um, was very moved to talk about Alzheimer's. And I also went and saw a play at some small playhouse in New Hampshire. It was really good, done by a bunch of kids, actually, um, about Alzheimer's. And so so a lot of the EP sort of centers around that. I didn't go and get a degree <laughs> in, like, Alzheimer's, right? I, like, I'm no Alzheimer's expert. But I did a little bit, right? I did a little back, background searching. In that play, they, they sort of had this whole thing about... Because uh, they answered questions at the end, and there was this idea of uh, apparently uh, centers that deal with Alzheimer's patients have a fake bus stop often outside, and that's because a lot of times people with Alzheimer's are trying to run away because they don't know anyone or remember anything, or they think they do, and they're trying to go back home because they think you know that they're in a hospital or something. Um, so they have a fake bus stop because otherwise they'd like walk off into the woods and then nobody would be able to find them. And, you know, something bad could happen to them out there because, you know, they don't know how, their way back. They have Alzheimer's, right? There's a, obvious problems. Whereas the bus stop is a place where they think they're escaping, but it's a fake bus stop. No bus is actually coming. So that gives the workers in the place the opportunity to go outside, sort of talk to them, you know, figure out how they're feeling. And eventually they kind of forget that what, you know, forget that they were trying to run away or whatever, and then they can easily be uh, convinced to come back in where, where they're going to be, uh, you know, continue to be treated and safe and all that. So uh, I have a whole song called Bus Stop that revolves around u- utilizing that, but also have it have a totally symbolic side or whatever. Um, so I did a little research into that, right? Just, just to know enough. I want to verify, like, is that thing true? Is that really a thing they do? And sure enough, it is. Um, you know, not all of them, but it's something that at least, at least some do It's it is a thing. And so I did some research, right? <laughs> but I, I didn't get my doctorate in anything. Not that that means much of anything, but, um, you know, I, but know enough, right? You got to know enough for the thing you're talking, talking about. So don't try to grab lyrics out of thin air. Do some back background, do some researching if applicable. Grab some images from Google Images. Do the whole brainstorm sheet thing I talk about in my six-step lyric writing checklist. 
uh, where you sort of do some 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 prose writing, right? You sort of just write without trying to write lyrics yet and just kind of do discovery, if you will, around the subject as far as just writing, just write, right? Write ideas, write feelings, write down words, come up with words that you think fit with the song and go grab Google images of art that sort of inspires you or reminds you of what, of, you know, the song you're trying to write. Number four, diving too deep into research so that you get lost. And I put research in quotes here, um, which may sound counterintuitive because it may sound like it conflicts with the previous message. But uh, if you've been a listener for a while, you've, you've probably picked up on all different recommendations I've given on different places to go find inspiration, right? Because sometimes it doesn't come to you. You need to go get it. Sometimes, you know, your life may be not filled with any drama whatsoever, so you need to go find inspiration elsewhere, which you can always use your past, right? So, you know, just because I'm happily married for four years and have no, basically no drama in my life, my life has been overall pretty good for the past, uh, you know, six plus years now. So I sort of have less and less to write about as a person or from my personal life. Uh, as a person who uh, leans towards the darker side of things. Uh, but, you know, first of all, I can I can combine, you know, creative liberties with taking experience I've had in the past, right? I don't have to be miserable today to write about, you know, a feeling misery I had 10 years ago about some other thing, right? Uh, which is a part of growing as a songwriter. But it's also true that it's nice to be able to reach outside of your own experience a bit. So, for example, one thing I recommended was like watching some free short films on YouTube. Um, some of Amaletto's stuff, for example, is is pretty good. Some of it is, you know, n- not as good. But but some of it is very good. And uh, and some of the stuff I don't think is very good. You, you you might think is good depending on your point of view on certain things. But um, there are tons of places that you can go out and get inspiration. I've mentioned TV shows, right? Books, uh, you know, art is a big one for me, uh, partially because art is, first of all, A, you can have it there, visible, and it doesn't take time, right? Like, you look at a painting, boom, done, right? A TV show is like half an hour, so it takes time, Um whereas a picture is static. It statically can inspire you. But another reason is it's not so susceptible to this diving too deep into quote-unquote research problem, which is it's great to go to Amaletto or some other, you know, some other short film place or get inspiration from a show or a book. What you don't want to do, though, is for you to write any song at all, you have to write, you have to read an entire 600 page novel, right? Like, especially if you originally claimed, oh, this is for research or for research, you decide, oh, well, I need to watch the whole first season of Shadow and Bone or Cobra Kai, which by the way, Cobra Kai is so good. It's so good. And also, by the way, this is coming from a person who I ripped through Cobra Kai and no, I'm not paid to say this, which should be obvious, right? There's no sponsors on this show, but um, I ripped through Cobra Kai all three seasons probably like six months ago or something. I have ne- I had never seen the Karate Kid until yesterday. Okay? 
So I loved it as a person who, A, had never seen The Karate Kid, which it's, you know, this is, you know, basically 30 years later, and the quote-unquote sort of villain of the first movie is the actually the main character of this show, uh, and it is fantastic, by the way. His character is amazing. It's so good. Um, and yes, I know this is a tangent. Don't worry. We'll be, we'll be back in a second. Give me a second. Um, but anyway, it's so good. Um, and I had never seen uh, the movies, The Karate Kid, any of them, until again yesterday. I watched the first one. Quite good. Um, and I, if anything, I am heavily biased towards these subject matters. I was a person who did... Uh, I've noticed that it seems to be a tendency that you either do, uh, what, I don't know what you would call it. I want to call it classical sports, but that's not what I mean. You know, like traditional, um, us sports, right? Like you grow up playing baseball, soccer, football, hockey, whatever. So I was really big into hockey and, uh, I did a lot of tennis, did tennis in high school, soccer. I played pretty much my whole life. Hockey was my favorite. I played some basketball, but I'm, whopping five foot seven. So that didn't last too long. Uh, especially when some coach had the brilliant idea of making me not a point guard, despite the fact that my skill set and my height all screams point guard and couldn't possibly do anything else, but actually might be decent at point guard, at least for that age group that I was in. I was like 10, 12 years old at the time, obviously at five foot seven, that's not, that's nobody <laughs> at even like a high school level. Um, but anyway, and then baseball, I quit first because even as a child, I thought this is so boring. What am I even doing here? Anyway, so I was a person who didn't do like the karate side of things. I have no affinity towards karate, right? It's not like it's a football movie where I'd be biased because I love watching the NFL, right? I I never played football, but, uh, for watching, it's my favorite sport. If anything, I'm biased against it because I also really don't like 80s stuff. 80s just isn't my vibe. I don't really like the hair, uh, the, the, the music, not my thing. Like nothing 80s is something that I particularly like. And, uh, you know, Karate Kid is an 80s movie. And, you know, it's so, so it is a continuation sort of of an 80s movie about karate all things that I have no bias towards and if anything bias against. And I love Cobra Kai. It's fantastic. Go watch it. Anyway, uh, unless you're a kid, there's some inappropriate stuff. If you are 18 plus and then watch it, but not for everyone. There's a lot of language forewarning. So anyway, I have no idea how I got there. I know it's not important. My bad. So diving into research, Don't get too deep into it. Don't find yourself watching like five short films in a row without doing any songwriting because at that point, you need to stop lying about yourself that it's research. Now you're just watching for fun, right? There's a fine line between these two. Gotta err on the side of caution. Uh, Really try to keep any quote-unquote research or finding inspiration from, from external means to a minimum, relative to the time you're spending actually writing music. Number five, not writing waves to their completion, or even even worse, missing the waves completely. So let's, let's do an analogy here because we all know how much I like analogies. And 
I think it's going to be sort of helpful to illustrate why I'm calling this a time waster when you might say that, well, it's not exactly a time waster. It's more of a, you didn't take advantage of a chance to be efficient, which I would argue is just the reverse side of the coin. It's the same thing, but to illustrate, let's say you have a weekend to complete a house project. You need to refloor your house, uh, which you might say, Joseph, this is like second week in the row. You've mentioned flooring. The reason it's on my mind is a right now I'm standing on floor that I floored myself and B because I'm in the basement and the rest of my house is getting floored uh, by Lowe's. And like, uh, I love how I just like give out free publicity to things. Cobra Kai, Netflix, I mean, Star Wars constantly, which I mean, Star Wars, not that any of these need me. Um, but anyway, I don't know why, <laughs> why I mentioned Lowe's. It doesn't matter who it's from. It could be Home Depot. Um, or, or somebody totally different. But anyway, my, my house is getting refloored. So flooring's on the mind. Okay. It's okay. There's no, there's no deeper meaning here. So let's say you have a, a weekend to complete a house project. Say it's flooring. You have five friends that are coming over to help for say five hours on Saturday. You might want to utilize every second of that time because you have six total people available to you during those five hours compared to the one otherwise. We're going to assume in this case that you're single or doing the work solo just to keep this simple, right? So the rest of the weekend, it's just you alone, a five-hour window where you get five friends to volunteer to come help you out. Mathematically, let's just assume that that all man hours are created equal and there's no, like, you know, you don't have the one friend that's really lazy and is just here for the free pizza and uh, <laughs> and uh, that that all your friends are equally competent at whatever they are helping you with, which, of course, is ridiculous and not going to be true. Um, there's always the pizza guy and there's always the person who frankly carries the project um, and that you're very thankful for. Uh, unless it's you, then, you know, you're not thankful for them because thankful being thankful for yourself is kind of just arrogance repainted. But anyway, you would be wise if you didn't spend the first hour or two hours uh, just sort of, you know, getting set up when your friends are coming, right? You better have it set up and be ready for when they come so that you can utilize every second of them being there, being efficient with all five people. Because you have a chance in that moment to get a ton of work done in a small amount of time so that you don't have to spend the entire rest of your weekend working, right? So mathematically, it's six man hours per hour, right? Again, we're going to just pretend like there's no guy who just came for the pizza or whatever. We're going to assume all, all, all equal value here. Um, so, so that means, right, that every hour that you have your five friends with you, that's worth in theory, six hours of you working alone. So maybe you should take advantage of that and shouldn't spend the first two hours just talking about how great the last episode of The Bad Batch was. Um, there's some more free Star Wars publicity because why not? Um, so if the project is a 24-hour one, for instance, you can be done in just those five hours and then you're done forever, right? Because five times six... Five hours times the, the six people is you get 30 man hours worth of work. And it was only a 24 hour project. Which if it was a 24 hour project and you were alone the whole time, that's going to take you a long time. Let's say it's a 40 hour project. You'll get done 30 of those hours in those five hours and then you'll only have 10 left to yourself. 
Whereas if you mess up and only one of those hours is utilized for a 40-hour project, then you have 36 hours left. That's a huge difference, right? Because you didn't take advantage of your moment to be extra efficient. It ends up costing you more time later. It's the same concept as riding the wave. Same idea. Riding the wave now saves you a ton of time later. So if you're feeling the inspiration tonight, maybe be willing to give up that half hour of sleep. If you sense a wave is coming, maybe clear the path. Give yourself an opportunity to get some work done when you otherwise wouldn't have. And if you are going through that stretch, because to me there's like momentary inspiration and then there's uh, a more inspired versus less inspired moment in time in your life. Uh, I don't think those words were intuitive at all, so let me explain. I think inspiration can be a very momentary thing of like, you know, lightning striking you where like, oh, this is an interesting song idea I have right now. Or oh, like every piece of music I'm improvising right now is something that I want to record and save for later because it's really, really good. And then there's like the bigger picture stuff of like, wow, I just realized I went six months with a songwriting drought where I really didn't get that much songwriting accomplished in the last six months, followed by, you know, sometimes you'll have two months of you're just constantly feeling inspired, constantly feeling, you know, ready to go. Um, and that's often how things work in songwriting. You'll have, you know, two, three months where like the ideas are just flowing. It feels like you're always on, right? There's waves just keep coming. Uh, and then you have some drought and it might not be your fault. That's just the nature of creativity. So on that bigger picture, right? If you're in the heart of like right now, you were just crushing it with, with songwriting. Spend more time than you otherwise would have. Let's say at the beginning of this year, you told yourself, I will write half an hour, three days every week. Let's just say. Hopefully you do a little bit more than that. But if that's all you can afford, that's totally fine. Right? I'd say that's what you committed to. If right now you are in the heart of like just every second your song, you just feel like you are, you are crushing it, right? You're feeling it. How about during these, as long as that wave is happening, dial it up, right? Because maybe right now you're writing at a rate where one hour of you writing now is worth t 10 hours of you writing three months from now when you're not, you know, on the wave, if you will, on the wave of inspiration during your two or three month stretch of just endless inspiration, right? So don't be afraid, dial it up. Dial it up during the times that you are feeling efficient creatively, when you're feeling inspired. Utilize this time. Take advantage of it, right? It's like if you have five friends coming to town, which, you know what, I don't want to even use that. I was about to use the analogy of you have five friends coming to town. You have a big project you need to get done. So you schedule it for when your five friends are coming to town so that they can work for you. And then I realized, wow, that is a really terrible friend who's like, hey, nice to see you, friend. Uh, come do work for me. <laughs> like, I bet they're so glad they visited you. Uh, but, you know, anyway, 
the analogy still somewhat holds, even if in one case you might be you might be uh, a little selfish if you if you do it in real life. But it's the same idea. Take advantage when you have the opportunity to be more efficient, to have more help. Take advantage of it at that time. Number six, final point here. Writing in a place with distractions. This is the most general of them all, uh, but it might be the most important. Um, so I, I got to be honest. Um, I sort of, I, I used to songwrite in notebooks way back in high school. And some sometime, or middle school and high school, uh, sometime in the realm of senior year of high school to sophomore year of college is when the transition took place where I, I, I went all the way from um, almost exclusively writing <clears throat> on paper to I don't think I've written a song on paper since my sophomore year of college, which at this point would be eight years, I guess, um, ish. Um, which has many benefits. I no longer lose songs. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I now can organize it easier because, you know, you can't really copy and paste things that you write into a notebook, but you can do that for, uh, you know, a Google document, for example, or Word or whatever you choose to use. Uh, but the downside is when you write with a paper book, Right, a, a notebook, a diary-looking book thing that you use not as a diary but as a songwriting. Or maybe you mix the two. That could be done. Um, the great part of that is you can do that without distractions being there. Right, It's like reading on your cell phone or your iPad or some other tablet instead of reading a book. Right, The beauty of the book... Well, there's many beauties of a book, but one of them is that a text message won't come up or a news article won't come up or an email won't come up to distract you. And then soon you realize an hour later, oh, crap, I haven't actually read for the past half hour or hour. When you're reading a book, notifications do not come up because it's a book. In the same way, writing on paper will make it easier for you to truly be distraction-free. Whereas when I'm songwriting, admittedly, and I have three monitors, um, which is, so three computer screens, right? Um, and which I know probably almost all of you knew. I'm just, I gotta make sure. Because some people, when I say monitor, they get confused. I'm not saying it's you. Don't be insulted. It's okay. It's okay. I know that you knew. It's somebody else out there that I'm talking about, okay? It's okay. It's okay. No hurt feelings. We're good. So anyway, um, so I have three screens worth of distractions that can come up, right? So sometimes I have to actively make sure I'm not an idiot who on one of my screens has has YouTube up, right? Because then I'm, I'm going to go watch some uh, Denver Broncos um, press conference stuff because it's training camp. So they have like 50 a day. Or, you know, I, I, I won't go watch a clip of, of some TV show. Right now, I'm watching a bunch of clips of Curb Your Enthusiasm because I found one. I'm like, wow, that's really funny, which I guess shouldn't surprise me because, you know, Larry David co-created Seinfeld, which is quite good uh, and really holds up. 
some some comedies don't hold up that well, but that one still quite good. But anyway, you know, distractions, right? I don't have email up. Uh, I've even gotten in the habit, right? Like I only check email at certain times because otherwise I'm going to always prioritize email when it's really, it's more important, right? That I, I do songwriting. It's more important that I make sure to get to, you know, recording this podcast for, for instance, um, you know, I, I talked about this, but specifically for songwriter theory, right? I respond to all emails. Uh, but right now on Sunday night, it is more important that I record this episode for it to come out on Monday than it is to respond to emails because the emails can wait, right? But but there's there's one person maybe waiting for me to respond to their email. There's many more people that are waiting for this podcast to come out. So I got to do that, right? I got to make sure I do that first. In the same way with your songwriting, you really got to prioritize, you know, the songwriting over the other distractions that can wait. They can just wait a little bit. There's nothing wrong with doing that, Right. It's okay if you want like your text message thing up just in case there's an emergency or something, uh, maybe. Um, but write in a place without distractions. Don't set yourself up for failure as much as you can. I'm still trying to figure out how to totally get around this. I'm usually pretty good about this. Um, but there are some days that I go to songwrite and the call of YouTube is is just way too strong, <laughs> if I'm being really honest. Um, so try as much as possible to set yourself up for success. I've even gone so far as considering moving back to paper. I just really love Google drive and the fact that I don't have to save it and it's on, it's on the, you know, in the cloud. So I can access it from my phone. If I get an idea at two o'clock in the morning, you know, I can't lose the notebook. I, all my ideas are in one place. So it's perfectly organized. Uh, unfortunately, paper cannot afford you all of those things. Um, so that's, that's why I haven't moved back, but just learn to sort of, sort of mitigate these, these possible, uh, failures. So certainly at the very least, make sure where you're songwriting, you know, don't, don't, maybe don't do your songwriting if your spouse or your significant other or roommate or, you know, whatever your scenario is, um, you know, if they're, if they're, if they're, if they're you know, like me watching Shark Tank, uh, don't don't try to write your book or your 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 songs while they're doing that. Right. Go downstairs, go somewhere else, go somewhere where it's quiet. Right. Maybe go to a coffee shop. If coffee shops help you, if coffee shops distract you because you find yourself people watching, uh, which, by the way, could be used for inspiration. But if you get too distracted, don't use them. Right. Um, make sure to set yourself up for success is another thing I had a whole episode about. But don't write in a place with distractions or at least try to minimize them. Really try to think about the trade-offs, right? Like for me, so far, the trade-off of sometimes I get distracted by the fact that I write on a computer uh, is is worth it because, A, I have my recording software here, right? So I can record ideas as I get them. That's a huge advantage um, because then I can't forget them because it's recorded. And also, you know, the Google Drive aspect right? That it's saved and I can access it from anywhere. I could not even have my phone on me and I could use somebody else's phone to access it if I really need to write an idea down or something. Uh, and so to me, I've done the calculation and for me, it still is worth it to write on the computer. If for you, it's not, then go that one step further. And, and, you know, if you're using Microsoft word and you're not saving it on the cloud anyway, you know what? For you, it might actually be worth it to like you're not really utilizing the benefits of the computer. So, hey, use a notebook. 
or some other device of your choice. Point is, just be thinking about distractions, how to deal with them. There's a lot of them in this 21st century, uh, and it's only getting worse. There's only more social media crap out there, more dumb TikTok videos for you to watch, which I might go so far as, if you have TikTok, just delete it. You might, you might not actually write any songs until you delete your TikTok. Not to mention, can I, can I just say another side rant? There are a few things in this world more annoying than when somebody around you is watching TikTok videos. Because what you hear is just the same three to five songs in the same five to 20 seconds of those songs over and over and over. It's like the worst combo of like, you know, those people that like you're in the car with them. You made the mistake of allowing them to control the playlist. Right. And they play like a minute of a song and then they skip to the next song. And you're like, let the song play. I, I'm even a person, even if I hate the song, there's just something like for the most part, unless I have a visceral hatred of it, at least let it play out. Right. Just just let it go. Let it go. Don't do this constant like, oh, let's listen to part of this song and part of this song. But TikTok's that on steroids. And that's the same five songs, which are almost all annoyingly obnoxious over and over and over again. Like if I hear that oh no thing one more time, I might throw somebody's phone out the window. Anyway, another reason to get rid of TikTok is somebody might throw your phone out the window if you're not using headphones because they hear the same crap over and over and over. And it definitely, definitely does not make us want to resort to throwing your phone out the window. So anyway, I hope this was helpful to you, except for that side tangent, which was totally unnecessary, but hopefully uh, you found yourself nodding and saying amen rather than uh, shaking your head and feeling shame. Or, or hey, you know what? If you're on TikTok, there's no shame. Just, you know, maybe think about how much time do you spend on that versus songwriting. So let's quickly go through the six again. Learning without doing. These are time wasters for songwriters. Learning without doing. Number two, playing the part of your song you've written aimlessly, just enjoying it, not really continuing to write, just sort of playing. Number three, trying to grab lyrics out of thin air and not resorting to a process, breaking it down into steps, sort of like, like what we talked about last week or part of what we talked about last week. Uh, diving too deep into research, quote unquote, that you get lost, AKA, you know, telling yourself you're doing research for songwriting, going and watching one short film, and then it ends up being six short films and three episodes of Shark Tank and th two episodes of Cobra Kai because your good buddy Joseph told you, hey, Cobra Kai is great. You should go watch it. Um, uh, which, by the way, it's still it's a perfect blend of corny but like self-aware corny with like legitimately good, um, very funny, but also legitimately good uh, character stuff. The main character is incredibly compelling in my opinion. Um, a great example of a very imperfect person who has a heart of gold and it's, it's good stuff. Anyway, no, I'm not going to talk about Cobra Kai anymore. It's okay. It's okay. You don't have to turn it off. Uh, number five, not riding waves to their completion and missing waves completely. 
Take advantage of when inspiration strikes. Take advantage of the time when you're going to be more efficient of a songwriter. Put extra time into songwriting during those times. Uh, and then, you know, hey, you can make up for it and songwrite less even, I guess, uh, when you're not feeling inspired. Uh, but don't do not do that too much because then you're never going to give yourself a chance to get inspired again because you're not songwriting enough. Uh, which goes, again, back to last week's point of sometimes you got to perspire in order to get that inspiration. Got to perspire before you can be inspired. There you go. There's Maybe that's a t-shirt I should set, sell. That seems like something that, uh, that, yeah, that just seems like a thing that would be a thing. Uh, but anyway, not writing ways to their completion, number five. Number six, writing in a place with distractions. Don't do that. It really makes it so that it's easy to waste time. Hopefully this was helpful to you. If it was, the thing you can most do to help me out, and I see some of you have been doing it recently, uh, and some of you did this a long time ago too, and I really appreciate every single one of you who have taken the time to go leave a review on iTunes. It really doesn't take very long for those of you who haven't done it yet, um, and it helps me out a, a ton. So if you feel any level of... Uh, I don't know what the word is. I want to say gratitude, but then it makes me it sound like I'm saying you're ingrateful if you don't ungrate ungrateful if you don't do it, which is not what I'm trying to say. But uh, if you if you're one of those people, because uh, some people have emailed me and said some version of this where like you feel somewhat indebted by like oh thank you for all this good free content. Uh, if you feel that way at all, and you are legitimately wondering how can you know you help me or give back. The main way is by leaving a kind five-star review on iTunes specifically uh, because for whatever reason, or Apple Podcasts, I guess, I always say iTunes. I probably should stop saying that. I'm pretty sure it's Apple Podcasts, but it's all the same thing. Um, well, yeah, basically. Um, unfortunately, Apple is still the king of podcasts, much to the chagrin of myself, um, but it is what it is, so it should be very quick and easy for you to do that. And is a great way to help me out should you feel any uh, desire to do so. Otherwise, be sure to pick up that 10 step or that uh, 10 different ways to start writing a song guide at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Gives you 10 different ways to start writing a song. That will certainly help you out. I certainly utilize a bunch of different ways to start writing a song, such as is mentioned in that guide. It has helped me a ton because I know I used to struggle with uh, sort of songs starting to sound the same because I started the songs the same way. That's sort of how I eventually discovered the idea of like, oh, wait, if I do like, you know, I start a song by explicitly saying to myself, OK, I'm going to write a bass line. And then if I start another song by saying, okay, I'm going to do guitar, but I'm actually going to force myself to do finger picking, stuff like that, uh, incredibly, incredibly helpful, subtle, but incredibly helpful. So go check that out. Uh, 10 different ways to start writing a song, five from lyr lyrical sp standpoint, five from a musical standpoint, songwriter, songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for for those of you who have left reviews, double thank you to you. I appreciate every single one of you, whether you have or have not left a review. And I even appreciate those of you who have left uh, not as resoundingly kind reviews as the vast majority of them are. 
Uh, I appreciate you as well, although you probably aren't still listening to this, right? If you are, shoot me an email. Tell me. If one of you like uh, left uh, like a three-star review and you're still listening, <laughs> shoot me an email. Just I, Not that I expect you to, but for funsies, if you are, that would be hilarious just because it's kind of funny. The idea of... Uh, it's just something funny to me about like this podcast is perfectly average, but I'll keep listening to it. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, would be funny. Anyway, have a good week, everyone. Some of you, I will see on the YouTube channel this week. Uh, but if not, if you're just a podcast listener, I will talk to you next week. Or if you're somebody who is catching up and this is not something that is coming out live for you, if you are from the future, then maybe I'll talk to you in like two seconds when it goes to the next episode. Anyway, I will talk to you in the next episode.